Welcome to the LifeCast. We believe an extraordinary life is within everyone's reach. By interviewing leaders of all different backgrounds and having challenging open conversations, we aim to fulfill our mission and purpose of helping individuals save years of frustration and struggle, regain clarity and focus to take what was once a wish or a dream and make it their reality. There may be explicit words or conversational topics in this podcast, so if you are underage or listening with a child, please be aware of this. Lastly, please note that all the views, beliefs, and opinions are not always a representation of the hosts. Let's jump in. So uh, welcome to week three. Week three. Um, this is now the second time we're trying to record That's this one right, as well. Man, the batteries man. died first time around. Luckily, we were only like three minutes in. Yep. Uh, not 36. No, thank the Lord, man. If you live, you learn. You this, live, you learn. These batteries definitely aren't like the Tesla batteries. Shout no, out to they're, Tesla. They're not going 220 miles, you know? Nope. So, uh, yeah, so... Al, why don't you start off by telling people, <laughs> sorry, this is funny because I just said this about yep. five minutes ago. Okay. Uh, start off by telling everybody a little bit about our text message combo that we mm -hmm. had the other day. Yep. And uh, your insight on it. Give them some backstory. Okay. Right? All right. And uh, let's go from there. All right. So I'll start with this. So Phil, I was up north all week. It's the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. I'm up north all week up in Boyne City. Great place. And uh, I come back, and Phil and I start texting. Mm -hmm. This is Thursday, and usually we record on Fridays. Yep. And he texts us, hey, are we still on? I said, hey, I don't know. I got a lot going on. And I was pretty short and snippy with him. Yep, snappy snap. A little out of the norm. Usually yep. I'm, I believe, very warm. Would that be safe to say? Yeah, you're a warm, fluffy guy. You know? So I'm a little short. I'm a little stressed out. Now let's back up. I am selling my house, looking for a new house, uh, selling my car, and dealing with a, a knee process that I've been dealing with for about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. Now, like all, knee is in like your knee, my my left knee. Yeah. Yes. So here's the backstory. My knee has been a big issue, and I know it's been coming. Right. I've already had two ACL reconstructions on it. Right. The first one was a botch. Yes. So just to give you an idea of why this is important, I mean, now if I was some, you know, 400 pound dude who later on played video games all day, it probably wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, because you wouldn't need your knee I too much. I wouldn't need my knee too much. Besides go to the fridge. Exactly. Yeah. Now. And if you're one of those people listening, that's okay. That, that is okay. That's fine. I'm just saying for me, I need my knees. Yes, you do. I am. I mean, I'm active five, six days a week, mountain bike, trail running, I mm -hmm. do sprint triathlons. You know, I'm out in nature at least two to three, even sometimes four days a week, whether mm -hmm. it be in the winter, going cross-country skiing. I'm just, I love it. It's God's country. I find so much clarity. Yep. My greatest ideas have been, you know, hiking mountains. Yep. Um, you know, anyway, so it's big to me. It's so a you're big, an outdoorsy person. Big time. Really? Wouldn't say. Yeah, right. Yep. So back this up to when I'm 22. This is where it all starts. You were an inch taller. I was an inch taller. I was actually, believe it or not, I was almost 5'11", yep. Phil. Okay. You could dunk a volleyball. I could dunk a volleyball. Yep. And, um, you know, present day, I'm like a little over 5'9 and a half. So I'm like 5'9 and 3 quarters. So I've, yep. I've, I've shrunk an inch to, to big Phil's point. Yep. Now, Phil's got inches to give being about, what, 6'5"? Six, 6'5". Five? Six, five, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I am playing basketball at the University of Detroit. And this is when I first tear it. Yep. 
And we're playing. Long story short, I, I I'm working this this point guard over there heavy. Yep. I get him two in a row. Third one, I'm coming down. Yep. I shake him over, and I'm thinking to myself, I've been working on Duncan. I've been working with the guy who's the yep. track and field coach yep. for the University of Michigan, my boy Ricky. And uh, I was like, I'm gonna. I'm Wait, gonna was dunk. it was it white boy Rick? No. No, 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 no. Okay. No, so Ricky not... was from Jamaica. Oh, Ricky. Ricky was Jamaica? from Jamaica. Come on. He was a, he was a, and he was a soccer star. He was okay. a cool dude. And Ricky, if you're listening, reach out to me, man. I'd love to talk to you. So anyway, we're playing. I school this guy twice, come down a third time. Everybody's going nuts trying to get yep. me to do it again. I do it. Take this guy to the rack. Mm-hmm. The center steps over. Yep. As my knee is bent. Yep. And I'm thinking, this is the first time in my life, I'm like, I'm going to dunk I'm going to do this, baby. I'm going to dunk yep. this in a game. You know. Boom! This guy's knee connects right with my knee at the mm-hmm. point where it's like bent, ready to explode to go up. Yep. Snap! The whole, the whole, the whole gym hears this pop. Yep. Now the idiot in me doesn't go to the doctor for a year. Wow. Yeah. Great, yep. great decision making. And he manages money for a living. You know what I mean? Wouldn't go to a doctor. <laughs> won't seek expert opinion, <laughs> don't, professionals. Don't you know? seek a professional opinion. You know, this is young, and I never had a, like an injury like so this. So you were young and dumb. Yeah, I was okay. twenty-two. I, and I have super high pain tolerance. I iced it down for two days. I was fine. Okay. I go snowboarding. You know, I'm dancing in the in the clubs on New Year's Eve. Like, yep. everything's still normal. And it, this thing blows out, like, four or five times, okay? Okay. So, now I move down to Arizona, and I go see a doctor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, just so you know, there's a ton of scar tissue in this thing. I You've wonder been why. beating your knee, haven't yeah. you? I was like, oh, yeah. He gives me the surgery, does a protocol surgery. So he, he does a ACL reconstruction. Okay. He does a microfiber uh, treatment where they poke holes in your cartilage trying to stimulate growth. That didn't okay. work. Okay. Um, so I'm a year out. And is this the guy who botched it? This is the botched surgery. So okay. I am a year out to the day. Yeah. I'm out for a run. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing like I run around this corner and I hit the corner hard. Yeah. Like cutting it. Sure. Because I'm, I'm trying to test myself out. Like, hey, how far can I push this? Yeah, yeah. So I'm running. I just kind of cut. Mm-hmm. Boom. Blows out. Okay. I'm laying on my back, dude. It was, I've never been more demoralized. I was doing physical therapy three days a week for like eight months. Like, oh, wow. I took it real serious. Yeah. Anyway, then I go to another doctor. Well, I go back to that first doctor and he says to me, he goes, well, Alex, tough. This is just the way your life's going to be. And I'm like, wow. and hey, at the time... I'm watching Adrian Peterson yeah. running back for the Vikings come back from his ACL. We tore it at like the same time. Yeah. Now, Grant, I'm no Adrian Peterson by any means. Right. However, I'm watching this guy run people over a year later in the NFL. Yeah. I'm like, that's 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 bullshit, man. Exactly. That's bullshit. So I looked at him. I go, I go, Are you serious? That's going to be my life. Yeah. He's like, yep, that's how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this guy's an idiot. Yep. I mean, I wanted to tell his name because he's such a dirtbag, but I'll, yeah, I'll let just it go. Leave it out. I'll let it go. So, anyway, I go to another doctor, mm-hmm. and I get his opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this guy, Dr. Chick, gives me a second opinion. says, hey, Alex, FYI, uh, if I were you, mm-hmm. I might look to legal advice. I can't tell you to do that. By any means, I'm a professional. But it looks to me that he gave you a surgery that was uh, 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 set for a sedentary 65-year-old man. So that basically means a 65-year-old who's not doing anything active. Mm. That was the protocol surgery this other guy gave me. Oh. Where he gave a tendon out of an ankle that had a 100% tear ratio for me, being an active 22-year-old male. Oh. So. Yep. 
I go through with the surgery again, get my reconstruction done with uh, the second doctor. Yeah, does a great job, right? Does a great job. Does patellar tendon, gold standard, da da da. Yep. I'm 10 years into the game, so that this is now when I'm 23 and some change. Sure. So it's about 11 years ago. Okay. So about six months ago, I started hearing some crunching. I'm walking upstairs. Yeah. It's getting bad. Doesn't man. sound too good. And and I was just like, you know, something's wrong, and I know it's wrong. I'm playing softball, playing second base. I go for a pop up. I feel a little strain in the back of my my leg. Now this is two months ago. Okay. That's when it started swelling up again. I'm yeah. like, all right, this isn't normal. I'm playing softball. These things shouldn't happen. I, I'm doing trail runs, triathlon. You know, the whole yeah. nine. And this doesn't happen. I go to the doctor. They say, hey, you, look, you know, your ACL feels good. Everything feels good. So then I go to the doctor once I get my MRI. And this is like two weeks, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And they say, well, and I knew this guy because I met him at a charity event, which is funny, the doctor who I'm sitting with. Okay. And he's like, Alex, um, got some bad news. And I'm actually really sorry I have to tell you this. And I'm like, what <laughs> What the hell is yeah. going to be said right now? And he basically tells me, hey, you don't have an ACL. Okay. I don't see any remnants of an ACL, mm -hmm. which tells me it's been gone for probably over two years. Yep. So I haven't had an ACL for two years. He goes, you have massive amounts of arthritis. Yep. You have bone spurs and you have a couple foreign bodies floating around, which is like cartilage that breaks off from my old surgeries. Wow. So they're basically telling me like, listen... I'm going to, and he said, I goes, I'm going to refer you to like the grand poobah around mm. here of, okay. of the knee surgery. I like the choice of words. From his. And this guy is the guy who does the surgeries for like if a Detroit Tiger or a Detroit Red Wing gets hurt. Like this is the guy yeah. who actually does the surgery. Mm -hmm. So this is the day you're texting me Thursday. I'm sitting yes. in this guy's office. He just tells so you're me, like freaking out. Hey, I'm freaking out. I got my wife in my ear about all these other things. You got to sell this. We got to do that. We got to go out bank. to dinner there. I need to go see these houses on Friday. And, and his wife is awesome, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I love Tatiana. I hope that she doesn't listen to she, this. And if, she does, <laughs> and if she does, she knows because I told her, yeah, you're yeah. not coming back here anymore. But anyway, then I got Phil texting me to line up the podcast. And this time I'm like, I'm like, you know what? Screw this damn Hold podcast we, right can now. Can we read the text? I, I, I actually, uh, let's see. <laughs> Did you delete it? No. <laughs> No, I definitely didn't. Because um, I never delete our text. Let's see here. Because okay, so um, I he basically he's like, um, you know, I forgot about like you know everything going on or whatever, right? Oh, I go, I forgot about that. Can you do something? And I, I jokingly said, I was like, man, make it a weekly calendar thing, bro. And, uh, you know, some other Depends stuff. Depends on the time, yep. but I'm also free tonight, da 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 I said, yep. I have a lot of variables right now, Phil. <laughs> yep, just like. <laughs> I have a lot of, and this is probably the tone I said it to. I have a lot of variables right now, Phil. I want to make it a regular thing, but I have priorities above this as well. I can't tonight. I can call you later, and we can figure it out. So, first off, what's interesting is I'm, like, totally against text. I think it's screwing up society. So when texting came out, you got to think about it. We have these Nokia brick phones. Mm -hmm. You had to hit the same letter like 10 times to make it a word. So it was originally designed for yes or no answers, not texts and essays. Because it, you know, that that's the medium we had at the time. So this has now evolved into something where you can have full-blown conversations. The problem is, is that you are not in control of the tone that somebody reads it in. exactly so when you know somebody well it's very easy to interpret tone but a lot of the time you don't we don't know people as well as we did a decade ago right so it's it's very tough to really understand where they're coming from in the tonality so luckily i knew you well enough yeah yeah 
right? So um, why don't you like go ahead and read what it is that um, I kind of responded. So he says, he said, thumbs up. And I know you're busy and uh, and great at juggling. And, and the knee thing was a total curveball. Let's figure this week out and try a regular reoccurring time. Um, and that is something you, you no longer have to juggle. Text me if you like your stress. Uh, text. Your text came off like you're stressed and overwhelmed. I just know you're my boy, and I love you, my brother. Things all work out. I know you're overwhelmed, and I'm here for you. And I was like, hey, man, I am. The knee is a big part. I'll call you. I'm there now at the doctor's. Talk soon, and that's my goal, too. And then I was asking about the doctor you were referring me to. But it was really like when I read that, you're absolutely right. Because even the way I took the prior text to your point, yeah, out of t- out of context, and it's like emails. I always say to my exactly. staff, I'm like, hey, if it takes you more than three minutes to write an email, pick up the phone. Yeah, just pick up the phone. Sure, because it can get out of context. And even see, hearing that from you, where you're like, hey, man, I got you. Yeah, you're my boy, love you. Those things were good because I'm sitting there in the in the chair thinking to myself, holy shit. Yeah, I won't be able to do any of these things I love. Yeah, and I'm 34. Yeah. Because the doctor basically told me, he goes, if you were 50 or older, mm-hmm. I would say we need to schedule a knee replacement. Yeah. And I'm 34. So I'm like freaking out. He, and he said, he goes, I've never said this to any of my patients. He goes, run that knee into the ground. Mm-hmm. He goes, the only thing, he goes, I, I don't understand how you don't have ungodly amounts of pain. Right. He goes, so between your pain tolerance and your active lifestyle, that's the only thing saving your life right now right. with this knee. He goes, run it as long as you can, man, because the next step is a knee replacement. Yeah. He's like, you've gone two years without an ACL, ride it out. Right. He goes, so keep active, minimize the compact. But anyway... It was a big thing for me, A, to hear your support. Yeah. Because Tatiana wasn't giving it to me at the time. Right. She, well, she, I, and I'm just putting words yeah, in her yeah, mouth, yeah. but I think that being, you know, your, the spouse of somebody going through something hard, I think that we assume that our spouse knows that we're there for them and yeah. that we love them. Great so they point. don't, they don't talk about it. And say, hey, everything will be okay. They're just like on to the next thing. And that's right? she's, she's checklist, and I'm, I'm always pushing her. Like, what's the to do yeah. today? What's the checklist? What do we got to get done? And she's looking to the next five things. Exactly. And she's not thinking about what I'm going through mentally, yeah. facing this giant of me thinking I'm never going to be able to climb a mountain again. Yeah. Which the doctor basically said, hey, go do what you've been doing. Yeah. And let's see how long you can run this thing out. Which is a great relief to say, hey, that's what I should do, and that's what I'm going to keep doing. But right to your point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's something that we should all be a lot more verbal about. Yeah, about supporting it, it, your spouse, supporting those people around. I would you. agree with that. I think that we t- we talked about this a little bit last time. I don't know if it was the first recording or the second, <laughs> but it was um, about how I think people just need to be nicer to people, mm-hmm. and um, I also think that it's important to understand that everybody's different, right? And it's all about meeting people where they are. Yeah, that's a great point. Right, and if you're doing something together as a group, like we're doing this together, and there's two ways to go about this, right? We could either have one person be the dictator and push, 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 or we can say, hey, this isn't about me, right? Because that's really what a dictator is, it's all about me, right, or the goal. Whereas this is, you know, this is about we, Mm -hmm. right? So in order for something like this to jive, you and I need to be on the same page. We need to feel supported, loved, cared about. And then at that point, the quality of everything goes up. 
Agreed. and then the goal happens anyway. Hundred percent, right? And, and it's the, to your point. There's two ways to get there. You know, there's, yes. There's one way where, and like I believe this in leadership, and this is a big thing in leadership, in my opinion. Of, of I, I talk to a lot of people who are like new to management, yeah, or new to a leader role. Dude, right? how much stress is that? Right, super like, stressful. And it's like you're taking on this thing, and you're trying to do what's best because you're trying to appease up. Yeah. And you're trying to appease down. Exactly. But the reality is, is to your point, there's two ways you can go about it. You can you can dictate, you can manage out of fear. Yes. Where people are fearful of you, they're fearful of the job, they're fearful yeah. of how much money they're gonna make, whatever that may be, or you do it from a supportive standpoint. Yes. One of the, the greatest, and just to give an example, in my opinion, um, I had a great mentor and leader of mine, Colby. He was the guy who first gave me a shot at management when I was like 23. Right? Yeah. And what were you doing at the time? Uh, I was working at the University of Phoenix okay. in the admissions office. Yeah. And I just got promoted, uh, promoted to admissions manager. Okay. And he was the director of the admissions. Nor- yeah, in okay. the Northeast Division. It's a big yeah, yeah. company. So he said to me, two things he said to me that stuck with me forever. He said, one, he goes, Alex, um, if you do what you said you're going to do, mm-hmm. me and you are going to be great friends. Okay. If you don't do what you said you're going to do, it probably isn't going to be a great relationship right? because so, I'm going to hold you accountable one way or the other. Yeah, so if you have integrity. And right. I was appreciative of that. I go, your well, word is I, your bond. I love that he put it out there and right. just made, right off the bat, hey, if you do what you say you're going to do, mm-hmm. we'll be boys. Isn't that you awesome? Know? I'm like, great. The second thing, which kind of leads me to my point, is when he managed me, he yeah. didn't manage me. out of. I, ha- I never had fear for my job. I never had fear to go into the work. I was, he, he was so supportive of me. If I brought him a problem, yeah. he, would, he would literally just work it through me. And so the example I was going to bring up is I always said to people, and he said this to me, he goes, if this job doesn't work out, I want you to know something. Hmm. He said, I will genuinely help you try to find something that you're passionate about and you enjoy. Right. He goes, if you don't take, if you don't want this job, if it gets to the point where you're like, uh, Colby, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. Let me know and I'll help you. And I've said that to every employee I've had since. Mm-hmm. If, if I feel like things are kind of tough at the moment. Yeah. I'll say, listen, if there's ever a moment where you're not happy and you don't want to be here. Yeah. Let me know. And I truly, with all my heart, yeah. will help you try to find something. Because guess what? I don't take this this job personally. Mm-hmm. I want somebody here who's happy. I want somebody here who cares about me, who cares about the team. Right. Who cares about the goal. Isn't that cool? And, and I think that's just a great way of looking at leadership. Mm-hmm. You can be a dictator and do it out of fear. Yeah. Right? Or you can be somebody who's, hey, no matter what you do, I support you as a person first. And I think that's powerful. Well, that comes back to uh, kind of what we were talking about. Episode one was, you know, what is on your life resume Mm -hmm. and how many people are showing up. Yep, absolutely. Right? I was was in the process of recruiting a guy yesterday, and um, he's like, Phil, like, and I've known this guy since high school. Okay. Right. Um, he was a freshman when I was a senior. I kind of took him under my wing. Um, you know, his parents are going through divorce and my parents were. So I was able to like, I was indirectly coaching him, not yeah. knowing. Right. Yeah. And um, and I've been reaching out to this guy. He went into the military, went to college. Right. Great guy. Uh, works uh, for his stepdad's construction company right now. And I just have this feeling. I'm like, man, I got to reach out to this kid. He'd be good. Right, you just you know you don't serve in the in the military if you don't care about the country and people, right? I mean, I'm sure there people are. Oh, absolutely, right? and there's a level of discipline there. Sure, right? It it and he you know that's one of the things like it takes a type of person to make it through that. Yeah, and kind of like money, right? It's it's it either if you're a good person, you're going to be a good person. If you're bad and going in for bad intentions, 
excuse me, you're going to be the same. But the fact is, is that he's always been on my hit list as far as I want to work with this guy, feel comfortable with him being around yeah. my kids, my wife, all this stuff. He asked me, he's like, hey, Phil, how come you've constantly just wanted to help me? Like, why, are, why won't you give up, right? And the answer I gave was way different than before because we've, we've talked about this and reflected, right? So it was, you know, it, his name's Ian. I was like, Ian, it, has, it doesn't matter, right, if you come on board or not with me. For me, it's about, hey, how can I serve you, help, right? How can I make the biggest impact in your life? Because I said something similar, right? Like, hey, if this isn't for you, that's okay. Yeah. Right? Just we'll still be friends. I still want to help you, right? No matter what. And, but for me, it's all about, you know, I want there to be so many people that show up at my funeral that talk to my kids mm -hmm. and say, hey, your dad did this or that. And I'm, you know, I got teary eyed about it. And he's like, wow, that's powerful, right? So leadership Amen. coming from a selfless place is so much better than anything else, but it also keeps you going. Does that make sense? Because if, yeah. you're, if you're fighting for, you know, more money, this toy, that toy, the problem is, is that your energy dies down after a while, right? Whereas if you're just in it for people mm -hmm. and serving, even if it doesn't take off right away, eventually something will come from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I no, I agree. And and it's to the this is again an example when I used to work over there at University of Phoenix because this right. the this, this is the first time I was sitting in front of a board of directors for an interview. Okay, eight directors and a VP. Okay, I mean, and it's a big corporation. I mean, that, you know that stuff will burn into you and give you a, a, a resume, if you will, and an experience that you can only get in a high stress situation like that where you're sitting in front of a board of directors, you're interviewing for this next role, mm -hmm. they're drilling you, they're making you do role plays of conversations, of tough conversations with people. Right. So it's good. But the example I was going to bring up, one of the people asked me, now I'm moving from manager to director. Mm -hmm. So this is that interview. This okay. is like a year and a half, two, two years later. Okay. I'm going for director. And uh, they asked me, they were, well, what is the biggest success you've had as a manager? Yeah. Now, at this point, my, my brand had become, I'm able to turn around teams. By yeah. this point, I think I was on my third team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I took, the first team I took was ranked number 55 out of 59 teams. Yeah. Within three, or I'm sorry, within four months, they were number five. Okay. Yeah. Then I took over another team. They were 48. Boom, they're number seven. You know, yeah. like I was doing these things within three to five, six months time. So that was kind of my brand. Okay. Now I could hoot and holler about all the stats. Right. But for me, that wasn't that wasn't the biggest success I've ever had. I took a, one of my staff members who's a top performer for like three years. Right. She could never make the jump to manager. Mm -hmm. So she's one of my reps. I put her in my like captain spot, mm -hmm. worked with her, worked with her. We would do mock interviews of her being her manager. And she ended up getting it on her third try. Right. It took me 10 to get to manager. Okay. 10 interview processes where I'd go to either the second or third round. For her, I got her on her third try. She got promoted. Okay. I lost my best performer, Person, yeah. period. But I was so happy for her. Mm -hmm. And truly, that, and that, that was my answer when I helped you know, Libby get promoted. Yeah. And, and, and it wasn't that I did it. It was that I just helped her along the way and she yeah. did it. And I was more excited about her success yeah. than my loss. Yeah. That's a true leader. Yeah. You know, in my it's opinion. True. Yeah, I agree In with my you. opinion. You know, watch it to your point. Because it wasn't about me. Yeah. It wasn't about our team. It was about her. 
and it yeah. was about her promotion. It was about her success in life. And I think to your point, if you're selfless, yeah, you truly are selfless. You get you get fired up and jacked up about that. Right. The people who lose in the long run, they're like, oh, I just lost my top performer. Poor it, me. So, do you think? And, and let's talk about leadership on a global level, real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you think that? So, this is kind of where the dichotomy comes in, right? So. There's a book called Win Bigly. Yeah, yeah, I, I right. listened. To Did some you listen of that. to? Okay. I listened to some of it. I didn't Interesting to the whole book. book, right? So it's a it's by um, the gentleman who wrote the Dilbert comic, right? So he generalized a bunch of stuff, but he's also a persuasion expert, right? Yeah, yeah. And used the um, Clinton um, Trump election as a backdrop to teach these, you know, persuasion and psychology principles. Yeah. He needed a good backdrop. Yeah. So he predicted basically the whole election to the T on his blog. But so here's the dichotomy. So we talk about, you know, how it's all about being selfless, yep. right? Which is important. But then if you look on a global scale, right, you can either go, you know, and we're talking about a presidential election. So the concept of make America great again, mm-hmm. right? Very selfless, right? It's about pushing the American principle. Agenda, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Let's make America great again. Yep. Right? Yep. Now, so that's one concept. But then from a global perspective, now we're all about us. Yeah. Right? Yep. So there's two clashing points of view. Yeah. But what's interesting about it is, is that that's not the first time this slogan has been used. Right? So as far as leadership goes... When has it been used before, Phil? Do you, do you know I, the details? I don't of that? know. I think it was. Um, let me. Let's. You know. Why don't we Google it real quick? Yeah, because I, I I can't remember the exact details of it, and I know what yeah. you're talking about. I just don't know the exact detail. So make America so, great again. Yeah. So uh, Ronald Reagan. Okay. So his was let's make America great again. Yeah. Okay. So close enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same concept. Um, so my question is, is do you think that leadership is more about marketing yourself, right? In, in the aspect of, because um, you could be a great person and a great leader, but people could not feel that way about you. So you've got, so for example, you're not actually able to use your skill set. Yeah. So like, for example, are you giving me the example that like, you know, globally, because I remember I was uh, in Greece and Ireland during like the right before the election took place. And people were asking me and Tatiana, do you think Trump really could get elected? Yeah. At the time, I was like, I I really I I mean, I don't think so. To be honest with you, I remember telling people like, I don't think it could happen. It was early on. Um, And so are you asking if I think in regard to leadership that globally people see Trump and, and his I'm not even to- I'm not even talking about Trump. I just use that as an example. Oh okay. as because there's a big dichotomy there. Yeah. What I'm asking is is that even from a global perspective, right? You know, there's um and, and meaning let's let's use it like within our own life. Mm-hmm. Do you think that your ability to lead people has about has a lot to do with how you market yourself to the outside world? I do. Okay. I, and I do, and, I, and I'm curious to get your input on this. The reason I do yeah. is because I have to set expectations mm-hmm. for whoever's going to give me those roles or whoever's going to want to put me in those roles. And what I mean by that 
is I, I'm a leader in my own lifestyle. I always say to Tatiana and, her, and my wife, I say, we need to be leaders yeah. in our community. Yeah. We believe in the environment. We believe in super you know, healthy eating. Yes. We see disease spreading through food and, mm-hmm. and how we live our lifestyles. And we see people around us being affected, being overweight, getting cancer, all these things. And right. we want to educate people. Right. Well, what's the best way to lead? Do it yourself. Right. Stay humble about it mm-hmm. and want to educate people for the right reasons. Yeah. Um, so I think our the brand you put out, what are you passionate about? Who yeah. are you? How are you going to lead? Mm-hmm. People want to know these answers. So if you never tell anybody, if you never put it out there, nobody's going to know how you roll. Right. It's the same thing me and you talking right now, what we believe are important factors of leadership. Right. Well, if I was in here saying, listen, how I'm going to lead is mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a goal and you're going to have a week to get it. And if you don't get it, you lose your job. Right. And I believe that that's the best way to do it. And I'm putting that out there. Yeah. You're going to know what you're going to get because some people believe that and that's sure. their prerogative and they might have had success with that. But I believe, yes, I believe there is marketing to it. I believe there's a branding to leadership for your brand of it. Right. Um, is there one way to skin a cat? No. But I do believe, yeah, you you got to market yourself to have some form of leadership because otherwise nobody's ever either A, going to want to give you that responsibility right or b you you might and unless you you have the money and the resources to seize it yourself mm-hmm. what about you what do you think about that um i definitely think that marketing yourself is important mm-hmm. i think that how do i want to put it i think that you you got to be careful about what you put on there on social right so there's uh there's uh there I, I don't remember who i heard the quote from but it was like now the new cool thing is for you know uh, retirees they're getting on Twitter. Like I've got a Twitter account, I just never use it. Yeah, me too. Right, but the joke is, yeah, once they get too fed up with the negativity on Facebook, they just go and bring it to Twitter. <laughs> right, they use it as a break. And um, if I look at like you know my mother-in-law and all of her friends in that generation, there's two extremes there, right? So they're either sending these chain messages that are all positive. Or there's some kind of crap going on on Facebook. And they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. Right? So now in the life, in our, I don't know, in our life ecosystem, I guess, with the millennial. I mean, you're technically right on the edge of yeah, millennials, right? Yeah, right there, yeah. So you've got the, um, you look at this now. And granted, just some backstory, right? Like. I'm from Belgium, moved to the United States when I was five, like a week before my fifth birthday. Um, my dad became a citizen a week after my 18th birthday. So he messed up on the paperwork. My dad's a smart guy too. So he made a mistake. He gets a citizenship a week after my 18th birthday. That means is that I'm not automatically a citizen, right? Okay, <laughs> so my brother okay. was, I'm not. Okay. I, so I'm a green card holder, okay. right? I cannot vote. Yep. So um, I have like... You know, every other right that Americans have without but voting. you can't vote. I yeah. didn't know that. And if I get a felony, you know. You're which, adios, muchacho. Um, yeah, I can get deported. Yeah. Which is what's going on with the Real Housewives in New Jersey or whatever. Uh-huh. Like the husband. He never got a citizenship. He went to jail, right, for tax fraud or something. And now he's threatened to be deported. Yeah. So um, back to the whole election thing, right? Yeah. And I'll tie this in. So... I always thought Trump would win. Here's why. Because we needed to kind of change things up. Yeah. And I think he understood business enough, mm-hmm. right, to understand that it's all a PR game, right? Doesn't matter, right? Like you look at back in 2007, 2008, 
you know, the, the big three were getting bailouts and these guys are flying around on private jets still. what they do? They sold the private jets, yeah. right? They got rid of them real quick. Yeah. So, yep. and then people forget about it. And um, if you understand PR, right, you can basically do anything and you, for good or bad. Yeah. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm talking about now is being a millennial, there's two signs of life that I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing um, the people who are still on social protesting about this, that, and the other, you know, he's not our president, right? All these things. And what I think is interesting about that is they're now, even though they're standing up for what they believe, Mm -hmm. it comes back to that dichotomy. Is it about me or we, right? Because the way that I'm seeing this is that I think it's very important to stand up for what you believe in, Mm -hmm. but I think it's important the methodology that you use to do it, Okay. right? So I think there's a way to stand up for what you believe and, um, and also how to market that in a way that people look at you as, wow, that's a great leader versus a protester. Does uh, that make I, sense? I agree 150%. Yeah. So what I'm seeing right now is that there's a lot of really passionate young people out there who care about this country Amen. and who want to you know, take steps for progress. And I think we need that, right? Especially with you know gay rights, transgender rights, you know, um, as far as Social how to- equality. Tra- yes, all these things. Now, I think what's dangerous is that we all know that you know employers look at Facebook and all these things. Yeah, for and sure. but which I also think is stupid. Okay, here's why, and as well as with drug testing, right? I'm not, I don't do drugs, not not into that kind of stuff. But I don't think that an employer has the right to, you know, hire you based on what you do on your free time. As long as it doesn't impact your work, right? You should be able to do what you want. Let's just keep it at that. Okay. So the challenge is that that's not how life works. Okay. So if you've got, you know, if you're marketing yourself as a protester inadvertently, what can happen now is that your whole social footprint as a potential leader is erased, even though you have this, you are a leader, right? But it's not perceived that way. It's perceived as somebody who's um, upset at the way that things work, pissed off. So if they don't like what's going on, they're going to say F you. Yeah. Even though that if, depending on the lens you look at this through, right, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. Does that make sense? hundred percent. So I think it's all about marketing. So, you know, even though it might look negative, it's a positive. But so my question is, how do you, you know, the people who are able to make that a positive thing now don't have all the, you know, the baggage that comes with that. So, it, yeah, it's so important to market yourself and, you know, put yourself out there in a way that, that makes you shine, right? And I think we need to educate people on that. Okay. Does I, that make sense? Yeah. I, I just think that there's, I don't know, it, it's very, we don't get taught these general things. I agree. Right? And it's so much, it's kind of like if you ruin your credit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There if should you get a damn class about dude, how credit works. Yes. But, but so real so, quick though, before, well, go sorry, ahead. No, go going. ahead. Okay. Go ahead. The, 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 so first things first on, and I get what you're saying on the social media part of it. There's a fine line between like, totally. hey, I care about the country. I want to do the right thing. And I'm a, press, a, pro, a protester. I'm a victim and I'm complaining. Big yes. difference. And so I have an example on that, but two things I, I do want to give my input on. Yeah. A, I'm okay with the drug test. 
And the, and the reason I am, because I yeah. get what you're saying in regard to like, hey, this is my personal life. Do you know if I can perform sure. and come in? Who cares? At the same time, you know, you're paying somebody, you're bringing them into your your team, your group, if you will. Yeah. You know, if I find that, you know, let's just say, and this is extreme, if I find a drug test where maybe let's just say somebody's smoking, you know, marijuana or, sure. or, or smoking weed, you know, for me that wouldn't say like, oh, I'm not going to hire that guy. Okay. But. If yeah. I find that somebody's doing heroin or they got something serious, that's another thing. Yeah, no, that's different. But I'm okay with it because, you know, it is a company. It's a private element, and you have your ability to, to you know, figure out who comes in as long as it stays consistent. So, so here, here's my here's – my, so I'm going to ask a quick question about this. Okay. Um, and I don't want to diverge from what we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't want this to be a rabbit hole. However, what if somebody, mm-hmm. like – there are drugs that are performance enhancing. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, cocaine. Yeah. Right. For a short while. Wolf of Wall Street, baby. Right. Like you've got, you know, um, even if somebody's high on the job, if that makes them happier, which then allows them to get their work done, why does it bother you? As long as they're not stoned. Yeah. On the job and screwing things up. And you, like you said, does it, that make as, sense? As long as it doesn't impact their performance, yeah. and and this is where I'm saying it. Me personally, yeah, I'm gonna have different AOKs and things I'm not okay with that are non-negotiables. Yeah, but my point being is, if you're a business owner, I'm okay with people screening people for drugs. Sure, that's your prerogative, right? Yeah, I think it's a good way to uh, like as long we- as you can, as long as you're consistent, is, is all. Yeah, I just think know. that there's better ways to weed people out. No, and I get that, and I yeah. get that. I'm just saying I'm okay with it. The other thing I was gonna say on the social media thing, yeah. The only contradiction I would give with that one is I'm okay because I do it. When I when I interview people, I'll go look up their Facebook. Yeah. Not because I'm going to judge them. Yeah. Because what I'm looking at is, okay, let's say that one of my clients yes. has an interaction with Shirley from whatever. Sure. And they go look her up on Facebook and there's her. She's, she's in charge of their money and she's supporting yeah. that. And she's on Facebook bong and beers. Guess what? To your yeah. point, I don't. Whoops! I don't yeah. care what they do on their their free time, that as long as it doesn't impact your work. Yeah. But at the same time, just make it private, right? It's no, like I get that. Th- there's a certain element of like not wanting the world to see if you're in a professional yeah. atmosphere. No, for right? me, it's more about. Um, I think if you look at somebody's social, within about thirty seconds, you can get a snapshot of are these people positive or negative. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great point. Too. Right. Yeah. And. My my original point was when you see these people who are standing up for what they believe in. Yeah, dude, those are leaders. Yeah. We need more people yeah. like that. The challenge is how they're doing it. Is how they're the the copy that they're writing. Okay, um, are they standing up for what they believe, or are they saying, "Hey, we're going to this to fight this"? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the verbiage, the types of pictures you're taking. Um, what's the general trend in the consensus? Because if you're always talking about how this dude's not our president, oh, he is, right? Yeah, yeah he is, whether uh, you like it or not. Yeah, and um, if you're fighting somebody, right, there's a difference than saying, hey, I'm going to take this issue on my shoulders and I'm going to do my part Amen. in order to make this country great. And I can, right, because yeah. if you're fighting now... Dude, we all love a common enemy, which is great. Yeah. But the challenge with that is, is now it's a totally different feel. No, and I and, and yeah. to your point, and, and let me know if this is where you're heading, and let me give you an example of something that I did about a year and a half ago that I feel is a good example of what we're talking about. Yeah. 
Um, and I think we talked about this on one of the last ones where I started wits and why. Yeah. I didn't feel the administration was going to do it. Yes. Um, but the other piece of it, and that was on the environmental issues. The, another thing I did, which I think is a great example, is there's a local nonprofit who, when they heard about, like, you know, supposedly there was going to be some oil fracking coming in. Right. And, you know, they protested, you know, mm-hmm. put the signs up there, eh, you know, fighting it, you know, doing the whole nine. Don't get me wrong. There's a time and a place to like just stand up, put your feet in the sand, and say, "Hey, we're not okay with it." Yeah. But there's also a very diplomatic way to do it that I believe can get it done further. So what did I do? Yeah. They came to me and they're like, "Hey, we want to make a change here." I said, "Okay." I go. Well, they're like, "When we were thinking about doing this," and that was protesting, putting up flyers, yeah, putting signs on, going on the street and Main Street. I said, "No, no, no." I go, "Let me, let me take a different approach and see what happens." Yeah. I went and sat down with the chamber president, had a conversation about why I believe yeah. um, it would help the, the community and help the brand by doing X, Y, Z. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Great point. Mm-hmm. We created this council, got the city involved. Boom. Everything we wanted to achieve is happening. Yeah. It's going to happen slower, of course, because you're dealing with city and, and governmental and, and all that. But there's positive steps taking place. It wasn't right. me just standing out in the corner with a damn sign yelling. Right. Right. And so, it's, so it's kind of to point to that thing, right? right? So, granted, I don't, I'm not into any kind of like drugs, right? Yep, Smoked yep. pot when I was a, a, in high school, great experience, <laughs> not really for me, yeah, right? Yep. Um, but the the point was is that um, I think a great example of this is the people who have pushed marijuana legislation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because they've done it in a, it, they could have had a bunch of people who smoked weed go together and do a march. The problem here is, is that we now know through the media that there's, you know, in basically agencies that have three letter words in them or three that there are three letter agencies, sorry, Mm -hmm. that go in there and they pay people, right? Or they themselves start issues so that that way now it becomes a violent riot or a protest. So that way it can be shut down, right? So these guys who, you know, they were just talking to people at local events you know, educating them and slowly but surely through a grassroots yeah. kind of way have made yeah. a change. Absolutely. Right. So what I well, I think that that's like you said, right, the approach and how to do it without causing making it a scene. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a fight. Right. It can be a discussion and a compromise and a, a and progress. Yes. Right, it doesn't have to be a knockdown fight. We're hitting each other with sticks. So, do you think that uh, the reason that the that things are going the way that they are, as far as these social movements mm-hmm. and the way that things are being portrayed online and and so forth, and how people are doing that, do you think that has, has to do with the lack of leadership training in schools? Because they that's don't. That's a great question. Or communication. I, you know, that's a great question. I've never really thought about that. Because um, when was the last time that somebody told you how to, like, actually taught you how to ne- negotiate with people, how to talk to people? On the topic, yep. uh, hey, yes. I, yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I do. I think also, let's And I'm gonna tra- I'm going to transition the whole conversation here because I think we've made our point on this. Yeah. Right? I was just going to say the things that I could see that would be valid for education, leadership training, negotiation training, yeah. financial and credit. Yeah. training oh dude for sure and and you know some schools are doing it now but like realistically how to get a job 
That's yeah. your job. You sure. should be sending out 20 resumes a day, following up on these companies five, yeah. 10 times a day. You know, like anyway, but yeah, I agree with you. Yes, I yeah. short answer, yes. So basically, be careful how you market yourself on yeah. the internet. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because people are going to look. Make some changes, yeah. People are going to look. And are you they being will. positive? Are you being negative? Yeah. Are you being a victim? Are you being a leader? Yeah. These are good questions to ask yourself. Dude, and if you just change a little bit, you know, just your wording, mm-hmm. how you talk to yourself, how you say things on the internet, right? And before you fire it off, read it. Dude, let's go back to the text message that we talked about. Exactly. If you would have changed your words a, a little bit. It would have come off totally fine. But Yeah, but it would, it would have been the same point, right? It would have been the exact same point. Right. So the difference is, is that now if you... And I'm going to use use an example. If I wasn't a high level person who could and knew you, mm-hmm. right, and I could decipher the code, yeah, right, I could have gotten a weird picture of Al and would have said, "Eh, maybe I don't want to deal with this guy." And you could have said to yourself, "You know what? If it's not a priority to him, why am I even doing it with the guy?" Exactly. So, that being said, we all have a, a close circle that could maybe decipher it, but the fact is that there's way more people watching. Yeah. So, you know, the, I, would, I would tell people, there's a, there's, I'm just going to give you some references, right? There's a couple books you should probably read, right? Number one is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Great, great, right? great book. Great book. Um, what else is a book on communication? By, by Dale Carnegie, yep. by the way. Um, another great one is, uh, it's, what is it called? It's, um, is it on my Audible? No, it's. It's about conflict. Uh, it's it's a red book. I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's like, in regard to communication, oh my God, what is the name of that book? It's, um, let me pull my phone out because I, I read this book. It's like conflict. Um, let me see here. Another good one, mm-hmm. if you're in sales. About communication. About communication. Yes is um and it's just kind of it, it really makes you think about communication in a different light my little red sales book by jeffrey gittimer okay and the reason i say that is here's a little tidbit he, he talks about when you get phone calls mm-hmm. um on sales yes. right because if you're in sales and you get a phone call not to be like oh why are these oh crucial conversations yes crucial crucial conversations is the book i was talking about okay um, but Jeffrey Gittimer in Little Red Sales Book says, rather than being all bent out of shape about the sales call, yeah, why don't you actually go through the call, see what questions they ask, see if there's anything you can learn. Right. Just a small little, you know, about being open yep. to that call and seeing if there's anything you can learn. Well, these guys yeah. are blowing me up all so the time. So basically you're telling me listen to listen and not to respond. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, there's a book, Skill with People by Les Giblin. Great book talks to you about how to work with people better communicate with them better um then there's also one um and this is the last one uh, that i really think is a must it's called extreme ownership by jocko willink um the last one i'd throw out there yeah leadership and self-deception oh that's good leadership yeah. and self-deception uh, great book yeah one of my favorites so jocko willinks is about owning everything everything's happening in your life because of you mm-hmm. not anybody else it's a great message. Right. And Look in the mirror. Yeah, exactly. If you're not getting the results you want, it's you need to change something. Don't wait on others. Yeah, right? Absolutely. So um, I want to transition. Mm-hmm. And I want to transition to, it's interesting, right? So in life, 
there, like you said, there are these things that you need to learn that really aren't being taught mm-hmm. in school. Yeah. And I think that, dude, such a major problem for people right now. Um, number one, like you said, is money and finance and how money works. Credit. Dude, it's most crazy. people know. Yeah, credit, right? Once you screw that up, it's tough fixing it, mm-hmm. right? Most yeah. people screwed up on something little, right? Then we've got uh, basic life skills. Okay. What do I mean by yeah, this? Yeah, what do you mean? Interesting. Okay. And this might sound so dumb, but okay. it's so important. Okay. Dude, a drain clogged in my um, in my bathroom. Knowing how to take the drain apart, clean it out, putting the freaking thing back together, right? So that it doesn't leak. Saves you a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. What Maybe to do thousands with this? if it went wrong. Yeah. And yeah, you could pour Drano down it, but it doesn't do anything. Well, really. eventually it'll burn through the, the pipe. Yeah. Pipe too, and bigger problem. So just how to do that, right? How to you know um build a wall right like for basic your carpentry basic carpentry yes how to use a saw yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. um but these basic things dude that like anybody can do very easily teachable and learnable i mean especially with youtube but we're just not taught this crap anymore yeah. and we we th- i think there's this very and sorry for my french but fucked up notion Mm. in the United States that, um, and maybe even in the world, but I can't generalize that much, but at least in where we live, where I'm too good for that, right? Like I'm going to pay somebody. Mm -hmm. And one of my mentors was always like, well, you know, if you could pay somebody to do it, don't worry about it, right? Like go earn money and you'll make more than you're paying the guy. So, and that makes sense financially speaking. But the problem is, um, is a, let's say like, I mean, at the end of the day, let's say that, you know, the power grid goes out, right? For some unbeknown, like we had like 14 years ago or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I remember that. And, you know, so the the question is, is like, if shit hits the fan, what the hell are you going to be able to do? Yeah. Right? Like, Are you sustainably yes. able to take care of your family and your home? Exactly. And I think that there's general skills that you need to learn, right? And, and that's what like, dude, I went to Boy Scouts. Dude, learning how to build a fire. Yeah. Right? Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Right? Like, For sure. You know, how to use a knife properly. Like, all these little things that we're just not being taught anymore. And, you know, like, I'm not saying that you can't say that you're a good husband, good wife, right? You're, but it's it's just one of those things like... It can't hurt. Yes, dude. It can't cannot hurt. hurt. And, and, you know, to your point, I think there's one-offs to everything. And what I mean by that is I cut my own lawn. And I got, like... You know, yeah. just where my lawn is, I think I got about two acres. Yeah, on so my like land. I know how to cut grass. I think you're crazy for doing it. Like, and and, and that's my point is like today, for example, yeah. I hired a guy to come out and do it. Yeah, because my days just jam packed all day. So I'm yeah, like, but for some people, like it's a meditation, right? Like they like I, that. I do. I like doing it. I like yeah. doing it. It's it very peaceful for me. Yeah, you know whatever. But to your point, there's certain times where you do have to bring people in. But the main point of what you're saying is at least knowing how to do it. Yes, that's and, the point. It, you don't have to do it forever. No, and, and it could be right. anything, to your point. It could be building a freaking shed out back. It could be fixing a light, uh, taking down and putting up a fan. Yes, so, you know? like something like that. Dude, like that cost, you know, the fan, let's say you put a new fan in, 150 bucks, right? Then you gotta pay somebody to do it. Yeah, that's crazy to dude, me. Dude, it's just nuts, but, right? 
whatever. Yeah, it's and it's unless not it's a forty foot ceiling and you need, exactly. you need a special, you know, dude. Your lift. your door's not working correctly. Yeah. Um, how to change the tire on your car? Mm-hmm. In the last decade, I've seen that go to shit. Most that, people yeah, don't know how to do that. That's pretty sad. And right? the, yeah, yeah, that is sad. So okay, so on this subject, we're, yeah. So so Keep, on the I, subject, I just threw it out there because this is my thought on the subject of okay doing things yourself. Yes, there's also a point of accomplishment and having some ownership of doing something. It's like around yeah, it my house. Good. I love my house. I built. I did. I mean, I've landscaped the out of that thing. Yep. And I'm so prideful. I walk around my property. I'm like, oh, I love that because I was able to do it. I know what it took. Yeah. Now when people are like, how do you do that? I can show them. Yeah, and it, you know, and it's 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 just some part of life that I enjoy. Yeah, right of of being able to teach people things yes. that I've had to do myself, and whether through struggle or not. But the scariest thing is, is in this society mm-hmm. that we're living in. For me personally, this is a personal opinion. So many people depend on everything, depend yes. on you know unemployment checks, depend on. Mm-hmm. Social Security checks coming in. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Depend on Joe Schmo next door to do the X, Y, Z for me. Yeah. You know, and it's just a scary reality of where I was taught a long time ago. I remember my sister said, she's like, Alex, don't depend on anybody. Yeah. Depend on yourself. Yeah. My dad always said, the responsibility must come from within yourself. Uh-oh. I always hated that as a kid. <laughs> right? But it's true. Yeah. And if and if you can always never, if you can always depend on yourself, yeah. Not rely on others. Mm-hmm. It really is a sense of it gets back to what we're talking about. Yeah. Ownership. Yeah. And it really avoids the whole victim mentality. And it might exactly. be as something as building a damn wall. Yeah. To doing a drain. Yeah. Dude, changing I, a tire. Dude, a month ago, things. my kitchen flooded. Dude, I just stripped that whole thing down to the studs and down to the floorboards. Yeah, and I give you credit and on I redid that the whole freaking thing. Yeah, that's serious business. Right? Like, there were maybe two things I didn't really know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I asked my neighbor, Gary. Plumber. Right? Um, no, we got the plumbing done, right? It was just like random things. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, did, I put a whole new front door in while yeah. I did this. Okay, yeah. I didn't know how to. I knew how to put in a door. Yeah. But a front door is yeah. it differently. Okay, I had to caulk the bottom, right? Like the, the threshold things. so little things yeah but my wife right she like i've always had this dream of being the builder and building my own house yeah right and, ass, and even taking like a shipping container and stripping it down I've, I've always wanted to do something like that yeah so like i'm all about that i think it's cool my grandfather built his house yeah. you know brick by brick by hand yep. took him three years and i always told my wife i was like i want to do that and she's like you can't do that you don't know how <laughs> and i pre-framed houses for a while right so i knew how to like build walls do all these things right and this project for me was like okay i'm gonna show you that i can yeah and i did she's like wow phil yeah i didn't know you had that in you it's a good thing man yeah and it's just but it's one of those things right like a hundred years ago when you had 40 50 acres the next farm was four miles over you're doing it yourself dude yeah you're like figure it out it's a well here's the same thing as you look a hundred years ago and i and i'm hey i got this bike i just i bought for tatiana's birthday last year yeah it's like a 1973 schwinn banana seat style and she loves it so she had one in arizona i had to give it back to my boy because it was his so i go and find this thing yeah right and i'm like looking at the tires i'm just you know the thing's rusty it's kind of beat up so i was kind of cleaning it up yesterday and it just like looking at the tires. The tires are like a hundred times better quality than any brand new bike I have. Yes. You know, and this thing's fifty years old. Yeah, you. But buy it goes it. back to a lost art. 
it's a lost art yeah. of quality things. Yes. Doing it yourself, being able to say, hey, I don't need to go hire somebody, wait three weeks, yes. and then have it done. It's to be able to have ownership to go knock it out. Yeah. Right? So so where 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 else do you think this has impacted our society and our people? Because if we're talking about living intentionally for excellence, it's yes. about getting better. It is about getting better. It's about being awareness, right? Awareness, yeah. Um, where do you think is something where this mentality is, has gone over into other buckets? Um, I think it's shifted over into, well, let's use the, the quality, right? Um, we now think everything's replaceable. Mm-hmm. And I think that that mentality of replaceability has shifted over into people. Wow. Right? I, hey, like, great point. Yeah, dude, look at the average amount of time people spent at a job, you know, for our, so I'll put it this way. Go, let's go back to when, like, early 1900s, right? Industrial revolution going on. Most people owned farms. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. So, but you have these industrialists who had a problem. They had these factories that they were building. They needed people. Okay. So, what you know and they wanted people to move to cities so here's what they sold us on okay they said hey john you know or i'll, I'll say al in this case hey al you've got a you got a farm now um i want you to sell that farm right and you can work with me so here's the problem with the farm john or al it's that you know you work this whole year and if you have a drought you make no money yeah right yeah and you're counting on that Yep. So I'm going to give you a paycheck every Friday, okay? And uh, I know that when you were going to, you know, give that farm to your kid that um, you'd be taken care of, right? You know, so you, I'm also going to give you a, a pension, okay? Which is this amount of money, the same as what you were earning, okay? So you sell your farm, you come work for me, right? Boom, good. So here's the problem. Now you got generation number two. You've got your son, Okay. The problem was is that when he turned 18, he was originally going to be as wealthy as you instantaneously overnight. Transfer wealth was easy. They now get the farm. You continue to live there, right? Just gets passed on generation, generation. Great. Okay. The problem is um, he, they still have to give him a good setup mm-hmm. because he can, you can teach him how to get his own farm. So what does this look like? This is now like our grandparents okay so it was first great grandparents now it's grandparents right so they got the same wage and retirement options as our as our great grandparents but the problem was they didn't adjust for inflation so they're getting screwed a little bit but they don't realize it yet okay but now we've got you know like our parents generation that comes along what did they change okay here's what they changed wage was still decent right but now it's very tough for them to go back and learn the skills needed to start a farm or whatever business it was, okay? So they said, hey, um, you know, we're not gonna give you guys a pension anymore. We're gonna do, you know, a 401k with a a match, 100% match, whatever you put in, we put in, okay? Sounds pretty good. Yeah. But now they're banking on the fact that most people are greedy and what do they want? They want more money. They don't, they're not thinking of the future. Okay, great. They're like, this is, you know, this is working well. We're saving money from the pensions, right? It's not costing us as much, right? Maybe a little bit now, but won't long term. But now we've got, you know, like our generation that comes in. Okay. 
And you've got like that generation in between, depending on how old your parents are. Some of them got only a percentage of the match, all this stuff. But now you basically have shit wages, right? They pay you a little bit less, right? Which after inflation is all peanuts, okay? But the, the biggest issue is, is now they're no longer, okay, doing matches on 401ks, if anything, two, 3%. Yeah. Okay, I've, I haven't seen anything higher than three, four. Three is the average. Yeah. And, and that's like rare. Rare. And when I mean average is like, like if they're matching it, it's usually around three. Yeah. But because I just did a bunch of research on this and yeah. anyway, yeah, you're right. So, but here's the problem, right? Is year, like generation to generation, the, like the pay seems to have gone up. But when you ingest for inflation, you're actually getting paid less. Yep. So now we have this where, you know, you basically aren't getting anything for retirement from your company. And year over, and you know, like let's say that you start out making $40,000 a year this year, right? And 10 years from now, right, you're making, you know, 52. Yeah, whatever. whatever. You adjust for inflation, you're making less. Mm -hmm. 10 years from now than you were when you started, but on paper it looks more, but you're, you're not, not, I'm not saying you're not smart enough, but you're not educated enough in the field of money and finance and math to understand that they're fucking you. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the fact is, is that all in all, right? Like people are just getting taken advantage of. And if you look at generation to generation, people used to spend 40 years at a job. Okay. And then it's cut down, cut down, cut down. Right now, I think the average is like 4.4 years a job. It is, yeah, it is. Right? So, dude, you went from 40 to 4.4. Yeah. Right? So. Job hopping's the norm now. It's the norm. So the, the point for me is that people are looking at people and. Um, as disposable. As disposable. But people are also looking at jobs as, and we talk about this, but people don't know why, I think a lot of times. They're like, oh, the, the, they just take advantage of us, the companies, right? So you and I were talking about this for the podcast, like, hey, you know, if when we get to a point like our businesses, right, where we wanna hire people, right, and we wanna set vacation times, okay? We do two weeks or- Yeah, what's that I was saying, like, hey, right? I'm, I'm thinking that eight weeks is pretty legit, right? You look at just productivity and stuff. And, um, but we're looking at, at, at these things like, you know, quantity, not quality, right? So we'll hire anybody just to get the position filled, but we don't give a shit if they stay, right? We want to screw them out of as much as possible. Um, the people who are working are like, well, I just want to milk this job for everything it is and then move on to the next one if I have a better opportunity. Yeah, there's there's no loyalty. Yep, you're right. No, there's a lot of that. Right, so that is one of the biggest things when it comes to what's transferring over from this you know, just in general, this not being taught things or not like these skills. And I think one of the skills, you know, that is, is quality, doing things right, have, taking care of things, making them last, right? Um, so I think that right there is a huge one because it, it's this mindset now of everything's replaceable, including people. I, I agree with that. And there's there's three things that come to my mind. A, it's a scarcity versus, you know, living in abundance, right? Sure. And and I think a lot of companies have a scarcity mentality. Right. Which is why it's so like, hey, we can't why would we why would we pay them to to, to not work? 
Well, because when they are working, they're going to work 10 times as hard. And they're yeah. going to be loyal to you yes. if you allow to give them that time with their families, things that allow them to reflect on their lives and be, wow, what a great guy that, you know, or what a great person or what a great company to allow yeah. me to have all this time with my family. I yeah. would never do And then when they're there, they're never working leave. three times harder. And to your point, there's yeah. a ton of studies around this. Um, especially across the pond yeah. where they give people a lot more time off and they work three times as hard for them when they're in the building. Yeah. Uh, the, the second thing I think of outside of the scarcity to abundance is taking some pride in your team, in your company, in your employees, right? Yeah. Um, I think I, pride is huge. I worked for a company um, when I, and I, I made a transfer and I went to, I took a new leadership role. Yeah. And the, 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 the head honcho and the, the right hand, it was like the regional and the campus person or whatever, they managed out of fear. Yeah. And I remember them sitting in a meeting with the entire, like it was 150 people that they reported to him. And I was one of the, the directors there. And I remember saying, if you guys don't get it together, yeah, none of you are going to have a job within a year. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, a, you just let them know, hey, go start looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> B, I don't believe in you. Yeah. So go get it together. And it's that concept of fear. Yeah. Right? Leading out of fear. Right. What do you think is going to happen? Well, if I broke this down, um, Self-Coaching 101, right? Have you ever read that book? I have not. Self, great, great book. It talks about there's circumstance. Right. And the only thing, so there's circumstance. From a circumstance, you'll have a thought. Yes. That thought leads to an emotion. Right. That mo- that emotion leads to an action. Yes. That action leads to a result. Correct. So the only circumstance I have is, hey, our numbers aren't doing well. Right. So I'm going to come out, and the first thought I have is I'm going to threaten everybody. Right. I'm going to threaten you. Well, how's that going to make you feel? Yeah. It's going to make you be scared. Well, yeah. when you're scared, what are you going to do? You're going to go look for another job. Yeah. When you go look for another job, what happens? Your numbers plummet even more. Right. Because nobody's working on their damn job. They're yeah. out looking for a job. That's they're not on their job. Yeah, and they're not committed to you because they know they're leaving. There's another way to do it. Sure. That's my point. The circumstance yeah, yeah. changes. My numbers aren't good. Yeah. So what's your action? So to your point, I couldn't agree with you more. Dude, I think that like pride on so many levels is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it comes to you, what you were saying, right? Tr- treating people like they're going to be there for life. Yeah. And even if they're not, still that's loving okay. them that's what you're talking that's about okay. in the beginning right yeah, like hey absolutely. if this isn't for you well how can i help let you? me know i'll try caring to... about people yeah right and the pride of your legacy so what i think is interesting is pride about things so I'll give you a great example so i've got a um a dodge ram eco diesel truck okay 2015 my wife bought her 2016 jeep wrangler and is hers is a lease mine was a lease to begin with i was over miles kind of thing bought it um, she got hers 18 months after I did, right? Great car. Now, I'm going to talk about pride for a second. If you look at the underside of my truck, that thing could basically be brand new. Okay. Very minimal rust spots. And we live in Michigan, right? So there's Brutal. salt, yeah. right? All these things, right? They spray acid on these, like, or, yeah. and all these things on dirt roads, right? And um, But for me, I take pride in having a clean car, Right. Now, my wife, on the other hand, um, not that she doesn't, yeah. it's just not important to her, yeah. right? So um, if I drive down a dirt road, I'll try to do it only when it's dry, right? Not after they've sprayed or anything. And if they have, I go to the car wash, 
right? And I used to have an unlimited car wash pass. I go once a day, you just just drive through once a day, clean it up. Those are great deals, by yeah. the way. And um, my wife, once every four months, okay? So we've been swapping cars lately because, you know, we've got the roof off the Jeep and oh, with yeah, the kids in the morning. No doors yeah, too, I mean, it's dog. great. So, um, you know, my kids, it's just tough dri- driving them to daycare in the morning, right? So she's driving the truck. So funny thing. Number one is I've got way more scratches on my truck. She parks that damn thing anywhere. Yeah. Right. Where I always try to park away from things. Yeah. Right. Because we're buying this thing. Yeah. Okay. It's a life deal. Yeah. So that and then I start washing her Jeep and I'm like, man, there's so much freaking rust under this. Wonder why? Well, it turns out she drives down dirt roads all the time. Okay. And how do I know this? Because when it rains, my truck will show up dirty with a bunch <laughs> of mud on it. And I keep telling her, like, she's finally getting it. Like, don't yeah. do it, right? And, um, and, and then the other day she's like, yeah, Phil, like there's just so much rust under this Jeep. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Melissa, Melissa, what are, I wonder how that happened. Yeah. Right. Right. And, but she's finally getting it. And I, and last night, you know, I like, I washed the Jeep. Right. But I, um, I have got this like waterless car wash system. Right. Um, where you spray the stuff on, emulsifies the dirt, pulls it up, wipe it off, waxes the whole thing. It took me about 30 minutes to do whatever. And I'm thinking about, as we're talking about pride, right? And thinking about the space you live in, okay? There are experts that say that if you make your bed in the morning, just doing that will change your the way you feel when you come home because now the space is clean, right? Oh, I and you come home and you, and you feel better. Oh. Cleaning up after yourself, right? Decluttering. Your office. All these things, oh. right? It gives you this clarity. But the moment you start taking care of things and loving them, being grateful for them, you just, your whole world changes. So you clean your car, okay? When you're doing that, you're like, man, I'm grateful for having this car. But you also realize it's not just a chunk of metal, it's a tool, right? And, and as you're doing this, and like, I mean, I've always been about it, like, I used to be the guy who had a new car every six months. Like I would get sick of it. I'll get a new one and sell the one I had. Yeah. I think I've had like 30 some cars. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. serious is crazy. Yeah. So this truck um, is the second one that I've ever bought. I bought a Volkswagen Jetta turbo diesel and some girl pulled out in front of me on Grand River here and it t- got totaled. Yeah. Dude, my favorite car of all time. Yeah. So then I get this one. And I, but I always t- that's a wild jump right there. Yeah. <laughs> but it, b- both diesels, right? Yeah. So this was okay. right around Dieselgate, okay. right? So you can get a Jetta diesel anymore. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was just one of these things like I've always taken care of them and that just makes me enjoy it more. Yeah. But also it goes, comes to branding. Dude, how cool is it? Like we, in Michigan, we talk about, hey, when you when you go out west, you'll see like these old trucks that are still nice and like all these things. People love vintage stuff. Absolutely, yeah. How do you think things become vintage? Yeah, when you take good Somebody care of took it. care of it. Yeah, exactly. Right? But it's like this, like if you take care of your things, you feel better about them and there's that pride that goes along with it. Yeah, And I you've put work into it. You've taken care of it, right? That's why growing a garden, dude, and eating the food. I've never Reap done this. what you sow. Dude, I've never done this. I've always wanted to. Um, but like you grow a garden, you put your love and energy into the food and it comes back to you. Like, yep. it's just so different, right? Mm-hmm. Same with you guys are raising chickens, right? Yeah. There's just like, and that's why having a dog is important. Like taking care of somebody, you're having kids. Like there's, you, you just love something outside of you and take care of it. And it blossoms into this beautiful thing. Yeah. And the challenge is that people are not 
and I don't want to overgeneralize. There are a bunch of great people out there. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's one of these, unless you're taught this lesson from, you know, your family, it's a very tough thing to pick up. Yeah, I agree with that. Right? Because you're not going to learn it. It's got to be, it's either got to come from like self. Yeah. Or it's got to come from being taught. Well, you, you know, always heard like, oh, take two. pride in your work, especially in school. Why, but here's the problem with that, dude. Most people in school are doing work that they hate. Yeah, they're like, I don't get it. Yeah, so I, I, take, I, do. I, I, took, I took pride in it. Okay, great. But like, it doesn't translate over into real life. Most of the time. Yeah, so these like life skills, man, like knowing how to do something is just so important, right? Like remember being a kid and like learning how to tie your shoes? That was so cool. Yeah, once you did it, oh, I'm self-sufficient, baby. Yeah, so my, I guess my question is like, why are why when we become an adult, quote unquote, and they always they always say that most people stop, you know, growing at twenty five, right? And you know they just die secretly at twenty five, but they just live till they're seventy five or something. But we once school is done, like we like for most people they just stop learning. Like the average person hasn't picked up a book in five years or something crazy. Okay, right? Uh, look that up so, real quick. So let me ask you a question, Phil, and I think this is a good note to end on. Yeah. Two questions. One, this year. Yeah. Let's just say till the end of the year. So, you know, six yeah. months left. What's one thing you want to learn? And then what's your next book you're going to read? Um, great question. Um, next book I'm going to read, I don't know. Okay. But I've got a list of them that I've got. And let me pull up my wish list okay. on Audible real quick. Okay. Because um, I think it'll give you some insight. Okay. But uh, back to what I was saying about books, the average um, CEO reads like a book or two per month, mm -hmm. right? Or like it's something crazy. Yeah, it is. I, I think I've heard that. I think it's like, you know. The, yeah, the so they're always books. learning, yeah. growing, doing this stuff. So my question is, why are why are we not looking at that, right? Like we look at like growth. somebody. Yeah, growth. We look at somebody like Warren Buffett and they're not doing, right? What everything that, um, you know, everybody else, I guess, is um, is doing. They're doing the opposite, but we're kind of like sheeple. So why don't we say, hey, I'm gonna take ownership of my life and change some things and- And, and I know, agree. And, yeah. it's, it's, and, and the reason I was asking that question, I think it's good for everybody out there listening too, is to say, you know, what, what this year can I go learn? Right. Or go do that I've always wanted to do. And we, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Yeah. You know, where I just did stained glass. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I've always wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, my next thing is going to be a photography and video editing class. Yeah. You know, beyond that, I want to take a religion. Then I want to learn piano. Like, I have this listed out. Yeah. Because it's things I've wanted to learn, right? Yeah. So let me tell you the top three, the next three books. Okay. okay? Um, the first one is, and I'm getting a lot of my book ideas from Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay. Okay. So uh, they were talking about this uh, guy named David Graeber and he's got a book called Bullshit Jobs, A Theory. And, you know, the reason that I think this is interesting is because it gives you great insight into the psyche of the American people. Okay. Right. And the struggles that we're having. Okay. Because most people are in jobs that don't really need to be there, but they're there. Yep. So it's a psychological pattern. Yeah. That's now fear. Yeah, not even that though. Like they're just they're wasting time and they know it. Right. So from what I've been told about this book. And it's now they're just there milking it. They're not really doing anything they're passionate about, but they don't want to leave because they're scared, right? A little bit. 
Um, not that the job's not gonna be there, but the comfort level that they're in. So I wanna figure this out, understand this. And then there's two um, by this guy named uh, Jesse Itzler. And the first is living with a seal. So, oh, hey, hey, yeah. I listened to that podcast from Joe Rogan. Yeah, so this dude, his wife is a yeah. Spanx lady. David uh, Goggins is the seal he lived with. Yes. So, his wife, right, this Jesse guy, his wife uh, started Spanx. So, she's like a ser- an entrepreneur. He's done a lot of cool things. So, um, he's like a part owner in the Atlanta Hawks. I didn't know that. That's yeah, pretty cool. He, he, he's hard in the game, too. Yes, yeah, so this dude's a total stud. So, yeah. He's the first one is he had this seal live with him for 31 days and he learned a shit ton. Okay. Right. So I want to figure out what he learned. Right. I'm trying to compress time. Okay. Right. If I can learn what these people learn. No, I get right? it. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. I'm, a, I'm full on board with that. Yeah. So, uh, and then the next thing that he did is he went to go live with freaking monks. Yeah. This is the one I listened yeah, to. Yeah. So Amazing. like. Amazing. Dude, this, this guy lived with monks for like 15 days. Yeah. And. Like you, I don't know what he learned exactly, but I know he's he, like that's an it, insight. It's a great concept of him being like, and like the biggest point that I got from that one, yeah, real quick was he said, you know, we don't have as much time as we think. And like for instance, he was bringing yeah. up his parents, right? His parents are yeah. eighty-eight and they're not doing too well. Yeah, and he thought, well, yeah, I at least have five more years of them. They'll live to be ninety-three, you know. Yes. But then he thought about, it, wait a minute, I only see my parents twice a year, exactly. So I have ten visits left. Yes. Exactly. 10 visits left and then they're dead. Yeah. So he upped that. Now he's going like, you know, maybe four or six times a year. Yeah. Making it a point. Exactly. Right? And, you know, back to, you know, I was talking with this guy, Ian, yesterday. Uh, sorry that I keep milking this a little bit. This is just very interesting good, to me right now. Good. So this guy, Ian, yesterday, he's like, you know, I mean, what's so important in life for you? And for me, it's like time, right? If I'm going to put time into something, might as well be, I might as well. Might as well be a positive result in some way, shape, or form. And to your point, right? The moment you start understanding time and how life really works, which is tough to do if you're in the daily conundrum of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of did this, right? So I can learn some of his wisdoms and figure it out. Absolutely. Right. So it goes back to growth, learning, and we all have that one old person that we in our life okay there's there's two kinds of them the first is that really nice old guy that you just love talking to or old gal sit there talk with for hours i got so much wisdom and cool stories okay and if you don't um, i challenge everybody to go to a nursing home and just talk to one random person for an hour about their life okay listen yeah and listen i've done this my wife is a manager of a nursing home so i've done this it's been great it's very rewarding so a lot of these folks and i would ask for the person that hasn't gotten a visitor in a long time Yeah, that's a great point yeah so this has changed the lives of so many people that i've sat with it's been great but they've got this wisdom that they can teach you okay and you look and you're like you're like man well could i ever be like that person Right, because they've lived a great long life. Mm-hmm. They seem to have all these badass stories, especially mm-hmm. people that were around like towards the end of the depression, were born then. Yeah, just lived things. through the wars. Oh, yeah, they've yeah. seen so much yeah. stuff. Right, and you talk to them about, hey, you guys came from the radio era, and now there's a freaking phone. Yeah, right. Just right. these transitions. You yeah. wonder, but like they've got these stories and all these things, and you ask yourself, okay, how can I be more like that person? But they they talk about these skills that we don't talk about anymore. Um, and then you got the the other old person that's kind of like snarly and like kind of rude. Pissed about life. Yeah. So you got these two extremes. So you got to figure out for yourself like, hey, what can I do 
to be more like that old happy person who's got these great stories. And what's your story going to be? I think this we keep talking about this. What's, what's your story? Yeah, what's your story? What's your life resume? And who are you going to be, man? Yeah, who are you going to be, dude? Who are you going to be? You going to be compl- you going to be yeah. an asshole? Well, or not? Yeah, and <laughs> dude, if like most people aren't happy with who they are today, that's okay, and that's a good place to start. But I think the best thing you can do is ask yourself, where do I want to be three to five years from now? Couldn't agree. And with who's that the more. person that that it's? And then imagine that person who got there and what they're like, yeah. and then start acting like that person today. Yeah. But learn the skills that you need to become that person. Yeah. So just learning these skills, dude. I don't know. Hey, I, yeah. I, I agree, man. I'm with you. And, and I think to your point, you know, it's you, one thing I've lost. I've lost, I've lost uh, two best friends mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like w- working out with them the next day, they're dead. Dude, isn't that scary? And what that's taught me. Yeah. in life is you never know when that next day is never live it hard yeah do the things you you want to do because you don't want to be dying with regrets yeah and and more importantly for me like people always ask me why are you so big on this environment thing man yeah. why are you so big on like this food diet yep. nutrition how animals are treated what's happening with earth and and this is what i've educated myself enough yep to come to a firm stance not political mm-hmm. because I'm a middle of the road guy. I really have b- beliefs on both sides of the fence. Sure, same here. Is I've seen enough data, read, watched, listened to yep. enough people who are scientific, data based. You know, math doesn't lie, and that's what yep. one thing math I like never about lies. Finances, yep. math doesn't lie. You can't yep. you can't argue me. Never two's, does. Two's uh, two smaller than one. It's not yep. true. So what I've come to an agreement on with myself and my wife, thankfully, is. We don't want to be the people when our kids are older and be mm-hmm. like, what the hell were you guys doing to the planet yeah, that's caused all these problems? Yeah. We don't have half the animals we did. 50 years from now, we're not going to have literally 50% of the animals that are on, on the planet right now. Yeah, We're not going to have half these things happening. And I just want to say, hey, I would, I was aware yeah. and I tried to do something. Yeah. That's good, Because all man. you can do is try to all do something. All you can do is all you can do, and all you can do is enough. Do your best, man. Yep. And that's all you can do. So I think that's the message, man. You know? Yeah. Go do your best. Try some things you haven't tried. Go push yourself. Open up a book. If you've never read one, go open one up. Go listen to one. Start there. You listen to one. You yeah. know? It's easy. All right. I think we can end on that I note, think man. I feel good, man. I feel good. Yeah, we, was, we got a whole day ahead of us. Good, yeah. good chat here. Good chat. So, yeah. So, LifeCast. Check us out. Yeah, go check us out on YouTube. Check our Facebook out. And uh, I don't know, Phil, what do you got? Nothing. All right. Hey, everybody. Love you guys. Hey, have a phenomenal day. Yep. Live intentionally for excellence. Go crush it. And go rock and roll, man. Out. Hey, thanks for listening for another great episode. Hey, Phil, I was just thinking about something. Where where can people find us at? Well, they can find us on the internet and on all social media platforms. Really? Yep. So. Talk to me about, what about Twitter? Where, what would that handle be? That would be at LifeCastRadio. Okay, what about Instagram? At LifeCastRadio. Facebook? At LifeCastRadio. Uh, what about YouTube? At LifeCastRadio. Al, it's the same for every single social media platform. Ah, okay, I appreciate that, Phil. I needed that clarity. For sure. Hey, us old folks, right? That's right, that's right, us old folks. Hey, uh- thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Have an amazing day, and remember to live intentionally for excellence. Lifecast, baby.